You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's usually him. But today, crossover episode with my boy, Zach Blackerby from Locked On Auburn. This is a lot of fun. We cut it on Sunday, so if a lot of news has happened since then, sue us. Don't really, because I'm scared of being sued. But do listen to this. This is awesome. Love getting his perspective. Zach is the best in the business next to Jimmy and me. All right, enjoy. All right, time for a little uh, Locked On crossover action. Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama hanging out with us today. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, man. Good to see you, Zach. Always good to see you as well, my friend. So... Let's start with Media Day stuff. What do you think about Media Days last week? Um, I thought it was going to be rather milk toast until the Oklahoma Texas stuff broke, and um, then it was just Katie bar the door. I mean, it was that was awesome. I mean, it's so funny. The, the SEC is so brilliant. And look, I know, I know Alabama and Auburn don't get along, and LSU and Ole Miss, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever, yeah. Florida, Georgia. But, you know, we all kind of dig the SEC, SEC, SEC thing, right? And I know some of us say, well, we don't pull for the other members when they're playing somebody else. But I kind of call BS on something like this because if you're an SEC fan, no matter who you pull for, and you weren't just giddy over the fact that our media days literally dwarfed. Did the Pac-12 even have media days? Did Big Big 12 have like some conference? I don't even know if anybody else had them. Honest to God, because our thing took it all over. That's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. And, you know, I mean, the SEC has been playing a game that other conferences haven't been playing. And, uh, I mean, that's been going on for years. And I think that really proved itself in 2020 when the majority of the college football world is like, no, if you play, you're stupid. And the SEC is like, yeah, we're going with it. We're doing this. And then everybody else in the country is like, well, dang, they're making us look bad. I guess we got to do it now, too, or we're never going to get a recruit again. And so uh, I, I think I think schools took note of that. And obviously, Texas and Oklahoma, it sounds like they're very frustrated with the Big 12. I mean, obviously, money's a big part of it because, I mean, they are just pulling everybody else in that conference with them. But also, I mean, props to Commissioner Sankey. I mean, he has just been really the leader of college football for the last several years. And once again, 2020 really really solidified that, right? Oh, there's no doubt. And look, I'm a college football traditionalist, okay? I, I kind of long for the days of a 10-team SEC, of a Big 8, of a Southwest Conference. I mean, I miss all that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm 48 years old. I'm old enough to remember those days, and, and I think that was kind of cool. But everything is changing so fast. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it reminds me of – all right, you have a group of friends, right, that you're in college with, and you're all are all. You might 
drink on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and then, uh -huh. you know, just sort of study on Monday. Some of them may smoke a little weed. Some of them may, you know, um, you know, get move around girlfriends occasionally. Uh -huh. But eventually, you know, a couple of y'all get older as your seniors, you realize, okay, I got to pick a career path. Right. Meanwhile, you know, Frank and Jeff, they're still on Tuesday night. They're still at the Tusk. They're still at War Eagle Supper Club <laughs> while you're studying. And, you know, you look up and, and all of a sudden you have a career. You're making money. And Jeff and Frank are back there still doing their thing when they're 32. Who's See, Jeff and Frank in this scenario? I'm afraid it's you and me, but I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to go there. I, I didn't want to say that. I don't know why you made me label us that way. I was trying to do a pseudonym and you blew it up, but uh -huh. that's okay. Um, but my point is that, you know, you can have a group of friends that start and you're a great group of friends, but then one day you look up and you're like, oh my God, two of my friends are much more successful and smarter than I have. And they've done so many big things. And part of me keeps going, y'all come back. And that's got to be how like Kansas State and Iowa State and, and Baylor feel like, hey, what are y'all doing? Or really the rest of college football when it comes to the SEC. Because the right. SEC is, Greg Sankey is thinking big picture. And while we all love the traditions and pageantry of college football, th this thing's out of control now. You can't stop w with the transfer portal, with the name, image, and likeness, with the expanded playoffs. You know, everybody who wanted expanded playoffs, I'm telling you, and and transfer portal, how could you not know this was coming? This yeah. this has fundamentally changed everything. And thankfully, the SEC has a dude who's on top of his game. Right, exactly. And, and Luke, I think a big part of this, and you know, you're hearing reports now, and there seems like there's some validity to it because no one, I mean, leadership from all over the place has had a million opportunities to say, no, I don't know about that. When asked about it, there's like, ah, we're worried about this season or ah, I don't know yet, which I think says a lot. I think the silence here says a ton, but all of the reports now coming out saying that it sounds like the SEC is looking at this 20 team mega conference and they've talked to Ohio State and Clemson and Michigan and Florida State. And it's like, what in the world, man? But if that were to happen and like the 20 20 of the top 30 teams and all of college football are now in the SEC, regardless of where they're located in the country geographically. All of a sudden, what the NCAA says about anything, even though it hasn't said anything in a while now, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, the SEC could do its own playoff, and Oregon may be kind of raising their hand off to the side and be like, hey, you know, you know we're a top 12 team, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're not in the SEC anymore. Sorry. Sorry, this is this is yeah. this is the show over here. And I think that's amazing. I think that is absolutely amazing. And the NCAA did it to itself, which is um which has been super sweet to watch. You know, I'm a big fan of the office, and there was one scene where Michael Scott, you know, he always tries to have these great lessons in the conference room. <laughs> and he said, the word leadership. He said, the word leader is hidden inside the word leadership. And I've <laughs> and I've always thought about that with NCAA, like. They they have no leadership. They they have they had a bunch of money. They were essentially the trust fund baby that fell into a bunch of money and then somehow screwed up billions of dollars of net worth. Yep. They screwed it up themselves. They did it to themselves. They overreached their power on several occasions, you know, doing things like the Penn State deal. I mean, that was sort of the beginning of the end because people were like, look, what Penn State did was horrible, but why are you guys punishing them? That makes no sense. They didn't to me, at least. Um, 
And that's, that's again, they just overreached their power. They had so many missteps uh, politically. They weren't in front of anything. Whereas, it, you know, Greg Sankey's three steps ahead. They're two steps behind everybody. Right. Um, and you're right. It, if, you know, if I'm Oregon, I'm, I'm a little PO'd. If I'm, if I'm U, USC, I'm a little PO'd. But, you know, if those 20 teams, and, and maybe that's a joke, maybe that's just a rumor, but if those 20 teams you mentioned, SEC, and then, of course, Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, and Clemson all come into the same conference. I don't know that we need anybody else. I mean, yeah, the, I'm sorry for the West Coast, but you know what? We could do it. Look at it this way. In Alabama high school football, you have 7A, you have 6A, you have 5A. Maybe that's what you have in college football. And I'm sorry that the Pac-12 is behind on this, but, you know, you they, guys they didn't want to play football much. last year, Luke. Exactly. They didn't want the. The, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, they did not want to play football last year. And, and that, to me, pretend, says, bye, you're not a part of this anymore. How can you pretend that you care as much about it as we do? We were risking to do it in a pandemic. That's how much we care. And that's how much we know it means. And it doesn't mean we're just, you know, uh, flipping about it. I mean, we were trying to be smart about it. Well, clearly um, it was handled well. They didn't miss a game. They had to reschedule some and move some stuff around and get creative, but they pulled it off safely. Exactly. I mean, look, it worked out. You, you got to work with what you got. And Greg Sankey was like, look, instead of throwing our hands up in the air, which is exactly what the NCAA has done now, you know, you see the places with lack of leadership keep going, I don't know what to do. Let's just, let's just call it all off. Let's quit. And see, that's not what the SEC does. We're like, no, we're going to find a way to make this happen. Yeah. And that's what we did. Right. So, Kind of looking at other things that happened at um, at SEC Media Days, Luke, because, um, I mean, no doubt that was the biggest thing, and it really didn't even have anything to do with what was going on in Hoover. But so the, the, the most interesting storyline to me, and I just have really enjoyed following this NIL stuff and these deals and sponsors and brands kind of teaming up and all that, but the storyline to me of the week, if that doesn't happen, if we if we don't get that news about the Texas and Oklahoma stuff, it was Nick Saban talking to all the head coaches in uh, the state of Texas on Tuesday. He's not even at media days yet, and everybody's talking about how much money Bryce Young is making. That was the story. And, like, say, people wonder, like, how big this gap is. And it's like he controlled media days, and he wasn't even there. He was in Texas. All right. This is, this is going to get me branded even a bigger bammer than anybody listens to your show. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that I, to I, us. I can't help it. I mean, it's, it's, it's in my DNA. What do you mean to do, Zach? I mean, uh, I just, Luke, you're I such a nice guy, though. I know. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I hide it well, don't I? Um, no. Uh, first of all, that was brilliant on Saban's part, and he never does anything that's not calculated. There's no doubt in my yeah. mind he threw that out there. And then he sort of acted like, yeah, I mean, I don't even – media days, he sort of blew it off. But he said what he said to the people he needed to say it to. He didn't need to say that in media days. He needed to say it to those high school coaches. And um, so that was smart. And then the other thing that I thought was a big story, and, again, people – this has set off, um, man, a firestorm on all these different Auburn message boards. But I thought Ryan Harson missed an opportunity uh, or really sort of misspoke when he said, um, hey, uh, it's sort of a personal choice. And I took some flack on that on our sports blitz program on Saturday because the one of the Auburn coaches was like, "Look, what he didn't say much different than Saban. Saban said, I wanted, I hope they get the vaccine, but in the end, it's a personal choice. I said, I'm not verbatim, but something like that.' And I said, "Yeah, but I think see what Brian Harson needs to understand whether he wants it, 
whether he wants to be in this position or not, would you agree with me? He's the second most influential guy in the state right now behind Saban. Sure. Yeah, I think it's always going to be that way. Yeah. More, but more than Kay Ivey, I mean, if Kay Ivey speaks, do we even know she's at the podium half the time? I don't mean that as a shot at our governor. I'm just saying that's true, right? No, it's, it's just, it's just the, the current climate. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say it's been that climate in football crazy Alabama for decades. My, my hesitation, Luke, is do I want to put Bruce Pearl above Brian Harson right now? Okay, that's that's that, a, that, that's, that's my that's my hesitation, but he's up there for sure. Okay, and I think you may be right on that. So let's say it goes Saban, Pearl, and and then Harson, and I'm, I'd put I'm cool with that. And I'd put Oates fourth. <laughs> yeah, know? maybe so. But, um, but if if Harson had simply said the same sort of the same thing as Saban, like I hope it, we want everybody to get the vaccine, but we're not forcing them to. I think we can all live with that because people get so hung up in this whole thing of, well, you're making me get the vaccine. No. First of all, I want to say, I want to throw this out there. I do have a friend. This this is ironic and sad. Yesterday, I found out he is on a ventilator because he had decided just not to get the vaccine, not out of an anti-vaxxer uh, stance, but just he had just hadn't done it yet. Well, now he's on a ventilator and we're praying to God he makes it. Um, but I think when you're, as influential as a Bruce Pearl, as a Saban, as a Harson, I think you should say something like, don't be forceful about it. Don't say, if you don't get the vaccine, you're, you're an awful person. No, that, that's fine. So there's some people who can't take it for other reasons. But say, we want you to get the vaccine. We want to protect you as best we can. Understand your hesitations. At the same time, this is something we think you need to do. But if you don't do it, it's your personal choice. And, and so be it. But what I think also would have been good for Harson, the reason for Harson should have said that, is because it would have gone a little more lockstep with the SEC. And the SEC has been pretty clear about this. Like, we're not we're not moving anything around. You're either playing or forfeiting, and if you don't meet the threshold, you're forfeiting. And I don't think all, any Auburn fans want Auburn to forfeit games. And so I think it would have been a little better for Harson to come out and say, look, I, I just, I implore, I'm asking you to go get the virus, but I'm – Certainly not making you. the vaccine. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, I think Auburn handled COVID very well last year. Different administration, but I think I think the way Harson runs a program is going to be super disciplined. It's going to be super regimented. I, I don't think it's going to be an issue one way or the other. And maybe maybe that's me being ignorant to it. But the whole you know Harson should have said something to stay in line with other things. While that may be correct, I think the upside of Harson is that he doesn't care. He's going to do his own thing. He's going to do what he thinks is best for the program. And will that tick some people off? Maybe conference wide or, you know, even throughout the Auburn fan base, a lot of Auburn fans have kind of been poking at him ever since he made those comments, but he's not a storylines guy. He's not a, you know, what's going on outside of the program kind of guy. He's a, Hey, let's focus on us and everything else will take care of itself. Everything else is just outside noise. And I think that is somewhat refreshing you know, as somebody who, you know, covered a team for eight years where all of Gus's answers were super robotic. I think it's really refreshing that you actually know who Brian Harson is as a person to some extent. No, and I and I definitely think that's fair. And if it were about any other uh, subject, I would be on your side. Um, I think when it comes to a pandemic, I just would have liked to have seen, um, again, if he comes up and says, Get the vaccine, damn it, War Eagle. Okay, I don't like that either because he shouldn't be that forceful about it. But I think just say, I'm, I hope you decide to get it. If you decide not to, cool, you know, whatever, do your thing. But I hope you do. And I think that's the the that's the only way p- 
people should be able to act because it's, it is a personal choice. I recognize that all day. At the same time, um, if you don't get it, like like my friend who didn't get it, um, who just out of he just didn't go get it. I mean, it was just one of those things, you know, his day caught up with him every day. And if you don't do it that way, you know, you're, you're risking a lot. And I just uh, I, I just look at it that way. But, you know, it's funny. You brought up Gus. And I'll say this. I do. I do enjoy Brian Harson just from taking the crimson glasses off. I, I like Brian Harson. I'm going to tell you, I like him. I didn't never really liked Gus. I thought he was so goofy all the time. But is there anybody who's ever, and I mean ever, been luckier than Gus Malzahn? Ever in anything? Oh, man. Ever. I mean, the timing of like his breaks were incredible. I mean, that guy made but a lot of money. Zach, he, he gets his full contract from Albert. He gets all his buyout. Then he gets another job immediately. And what is a, you know, look, I like Auburn more than Orlando because I, I don't really want to be with all that craziness. And I've got kids. And if I take them to Orlando, I come back broke. Right. If I take them to Auburn, we just go to Tiger Town. You know what I mean? But um, shout out Opelika, so, by the way. I know. I know it's an Opelika, but that's we all call it Auburn. I mean, you know, y'all, y'all are sort of as an Opelika resident. I'm glad that you're spending money in Tiger Town. <laughs> OK, I dig that. <laughs> so um, but. You know, he and then he goes to Orlando, gets what two or three million dollars a year doing that. And now I would say, if you're just then this expanded playoff things happen, so right. he's pro- arguably got a better shot to make the playoffs right now than Auburn does his old uh employer, right? And now with all this realignment, isn't Central Florida somewhat attractive? I mean, they're a big market, they, they they're not suit, they're not Oklahoma, Texas, but they may come out of this smelling like a rose eventually too and get out of the AAC and get into something bigger. And Gus Malzahn just keeps falling out of a well. And and I just don't get it because why would you, why would UCF leave? Why would they leave and go to a tougher conference right now? When you know that somewhere on the horizon, it's not official yet, but you know, that 12 team playoff structure is coming and whoever's the best group of five team gets a, gets an automatic bid. Why would he ever leave? Why would UCF ever leave at this point? All right. And I, the, the part of me that says, if you're trying to win championships, agrees with you. The part of me that says the school may go, we want that surefire money every year. You know, if they go to a bigger conference, like the same reason Oklahoma and Texas will pay the big buyout to get out of their Big 12 co- uh, contract and have a much tougher road to the playoffs in the SEC because they're going to make $75 million a year. Now, the only part, the only team luckier – then Gus Malzahn's team is probably Vanderbilt because they bring a sack of grit to the SEC table every year. They bring nothing. And they're going to cash as big of a check as Alabama and Auburn do. And something about that rubs me the wrong way. But part of me is like, okay, Vanderbilt is our last beacon of academics left in this thing. And I think we should all recognize that and go, every time we go, Vandy, you're just not helping. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You bring some academics. Okay, get, here's your check. I think we should all do that. And right? baseball, right? Right, they bring a little baseball every now and then if that's your thing. Yeah, but but again, hasn't this whole realignment thing shown us that because Kansas is now about to be left in the wind to some regard because right. it, you know if you're a basketball superpower, great. It being a basketball superpower and a mid-level football power are about the same thing. Football is so king. I mean, it's pro football, college football, huge gap, and then everything else, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I, I just feel like, yeah, Vandy brings baseball and, and women's bowling. We appreciate those national championships. Y'all brought us in those. At the same time, if you're not um, peeing at the football trough, 
boy, I need a much better way to put that. I don't know. <laughs> As we record this early on a Sunday morning, I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's a great way to start my day, my friend. If you're not peeing at the football trough, <laughs> you're probably peeing on your own foot. That's that's the best way I know to go with that. Wow, that was awesome. What do you think <laughs> of how the SEC media voted on the final standings? <laughs> Auburn fifth I, in the West. I'm just not buying it, man. I am not buying I, it. I hear you. I'm not I'll buying Ole Miss. I'm not buying AM. I'm not buying LSU. Get out of here with that. So are you would you pick Auburn second? I'd pick Auburn third. Okay. Behind AM though. Yeah. Okay, I'm buying a And M because I think I have to because well, okay. What, what does buying a And M mean? Ten and two? Because I don't think they're going ten and two, man. No, I think that I think they could have the same record they had last year. Okay. They lost to Alabama and win the rest of them. I mean, I feel like they're that good, except the quarterback thing. But the quarterback thing is negated somewhat because I think everybody's quarterback thing is a problem this year. And also, Kellen Mond like wasn't a world beater. Let's not act like he was no. great. That's right. I mean, it's, I don't think the drop-off is going to be that bad. And, you know, outside of Matt Corral, and it, see, I'm everybody's talking about they're not buying a and i I'm less into buying JT Daniels. I, really? I mean, yeah, he kicked. He Let's kicked poop on Georgia, time. man. I'm ready for it. Let's go. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm kind of, boy, I, it wouldn't shock me if Auburn beat Georgia. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm Ooh, having a hard time sing it, brother. I'm having a hard time understanding why everybody's so on this Georgia train. I mean, and I'm talking about on Sirius XM, the national guys are like, I don't see how you can't pick Georgia number one. And I'm going, okay, JT Daniels lit up the the bad teams he played at the end of the year. That's yep. true. Right. Um, but they George Pickens, I don't who knows when he's going to be back. There's right. some rumors he could be back middle of the year. Who are some other Georgia receivers? Because the other one I would have named is Demetrius Robertson, who's now at Auburn. Right. So uh, and their running backs again are are nice, but I don't know that I would think of them. They didn't have anybody. Did they have anybody named in the first, second, or third team running back wise? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. So I'm, and their defense is going to be good. I mean, there's no doubt. And they got talent. I'm not saying Georgia didn't have talent. I'm just saying, boy, I don't know that we should pin them in as a playoff team. Now, we might need to pin them in as the SEC East champ because I see nothing else over there. Yeah. I I really like Florida, but I don't know if I like them that much. (laughs) Well, but here's my question on Florida. We we know Emory Jones can run. Have we seen him throw the forward pass yet? Uh, not well. Okay. We, we have seen so, it, but not well. And then when you lose a Kadarius Tony, um, you lose maybe the best tight end we've ever seen in this conference. Um, you know, they, they lost some dudes. Right. So I, I I just I'm worried about and Florida get their crossover games or LSU and Bama. That's not a good that's not a good combo. No, me. it's not. But the whole um the whole coaching side of it, like I I don't I don't love Dan as a person, but man, that guy can coach. And like if there's anybody if you're Emory Jones and there's a there's a coach you want to play quarterback for in the conference, it's him. So no, that's a, that's a great point. And look, they they do have some talent. I mean, Florida's always wants some talent and the swamp's gonna be nutty. Right. Um but I just, uh, I just, I'm. I think Georgia's going to win the East. I'm just not sure that they. Uh, I'm, boy, I'm telling you, Clemson. I feel like Clemson could beat beat up on them pretty good in game one. Yeah, yeah. That the the Georgia Clemson game is interesting to me because it's going to be like preseason two and preseason four or something like that, and it's not going to matter at all. It's not going to matter at all because if Georgia loses, they're still probably going to win the vast majority of their games to get into the SEC championship. 
and then lose to probably whoever comes out of the West, whether it's Alabama or Texas A&M. And then if, if Clemson loses, it doesn't matter because they're going to win out again and they're going to take Clemson because they're going to be like, oh, they're red hot. They've won 11 straight games and then you know, going into the ACC championship game and all that stuff. So it's weird because like I don't think that game means anything at all other than like it's going to be really fun to watch in the you know as a season opener. You know, um, going back to SEC media days and who was selected for what teams again for a second, and I'm going to tell you, having watched Bo Nix in high school, I'm a little surprised he hadn't been better than he's been, but I also found it very odd, and I'm not going to buy into, you know, SEC office in Bammerham conspiracy theories, but boy, I thought he was a little weird. He He's not more thought of by just the writers who are generally generally pretty just Okay, if they got a senior returning quarterback, that's who we're going to put at number one or whatever. Um, I just, I, I'm kind of having a hard time understanding. I get why Alabama fans, you know, dogging because that's what you're supposed to do. But I, I don't get why other people are dogging him necessarily. Well, he hadn't really gotten much better since, you know, the guy that we saw make his debut against Oregon. He's not a much better quarterback now than he was two years ago. I think Harson and Bobo will help him. I definitely think he'll be better this season, but I understand the hesitation and the skepticism regarding Bo Nix. I totally get it. Now, I do understand like there is a, I don't know what it is, but like it's this agreed upon thing where everyone in the country, specifically in the conference, wants to hate on Bo Nix. Like that has <laughs> definitely become a thing. And I, that I don't understand why. I don't know if it has to do with, you know, just because it's Auburn. I don't know if it has to do just because, you know, his dad also played at Auburn or or, or what it is. But uh, I, I think he's a little underrated going into 2021. I think Bo's got a chance to be a top three, top four quarterback in the league. Okay. My question is, and I, I see where you're going. Why are we, why was everybody so much more analytical when it comes to putting Bo as first or second team? Okay. Matt Corral, I think, is easy first choice. I would have assumed, given the history of how these guys predict, and it's usually kind of lazy. I'm not not trying to crap on all the sports writers, but they usually are like, okay, we're going to go, you know, chalk here. And if so if you got a Bo Nix that started for two years and he's now a junior, you would think, okay, he's a shoe-in second-team guy because that's usually what they do. Why are they overthinking that one so much? I, I, that just sort of in, – in, in favor of JT Daniels, again – I'm not saying JT Daniels is a bad quarterback, but what exactly have we seen out of him? Yeah, I I think he plays at Georgia, and the media is all on Georgia, and I think that's it. I think that's it. And, you know, Bo coming in at three in the SEC poll, that's great, but you're limited in what you can vote on. Like, you, you can only vote on returning starters. So you got to think that Knicks would slide down a little bit if you could actually vote on every quarterback that's in the SEC. Did you see that somebody actually voted South Carolina and somebody actually voted Arkansas to get first place votes? Yeah, you uh, you shouldn't let them vote again. They need to fi- they, they need to figure out who that is and not let them vote anymore. That's ridiculous. And, and see again, we come back to the whole you know trying not to be uh, Krushnev over here, but if you if your vote's that stupid, I mean. Come- <laughs> Please, for the love of all things holy, look, if you want to get sort of crazy and you want to vote LSU, I'm, I'm okay. That makes sense. If you want to vote South Carolina, who's bringing in a brand new coach, and we don't, outside of Harris, we don't know anybody else on that team. Yeah. And, <laughs> what are you doing? Right. Yeah, they should have to be public about that and publicly make their argument. 
that there's no doubt in my mind. Um, so Zach, how are you feeling now? Now that media days are behind us, we're almost to the, to the starting point. What, what are you predicting for an Auburn season? Uh, well, I, I think eight and four is kind of the mark. I think seven and five is perfectly acceptable. Anything less than that and anything more than eight and four, I think Auburn fans should be stoked for. So, I, you know, there's, there's five, maybe six toss-up games, and it's like, can you go three and three in those six? And it's like, if you beat Ole Miss, Penn State, and LSU, and then you lose to, to Georgia, A&M, and Bama, it's like, I think people are happy with that. You know, it's funny. You bring up Ole Miss again, and we were talking about You said you didn't get the Ole Miss love earlier, and I meant to talk about it. Um, isn't it amazing? Lane Kiffin has to be the most charismatic guy in the world yeah. because – he has recharmed the SEC and the nation to a degree. I mean, people forget he was fired on the tarmac. I mean, he's had all these personal rumors about him, the whole Joey Freshwater thing. Right. I mean, Nick Saban fires him essentially during the playoffs. Like, I just can't do this. I don't care if it costs me. Nick Saban said, I don't care if it costs me a national championship. I just can't have you here anymore. Yeah. Um, And we forget all of that. And we're just like, isn't little old Lane just something else? <laughs> I mean, I've fallen for it again. I'm all, I'm all about. Like, I love, I love hearing him talk, man. I love the idea of Lane Kiffin. Heck, when Auburn was looking for a coach this off season, I was, I was, um, I was on the Lane Kiffin camp. I was all about it. Like, let's, let's give him a call. Let's see what's going on. But, um, no, I mean, I think as far as expectations go, I, I think, I think Auburn fans, based on what I can tell, have very reasonable expectations and understand that Harson coming in is not a one-year thing. This is going to be an investment, a long-term investment about, you know, what can he do as far as creating his program and it being successful four seasons from now. I think that's kind of where he's at. And, you know, you're a bigger recruiting guy than me, but he's got this year to figure it out. And then that 2023 recruiting class in the state of Alabama, that's really, um, he's got to figure it out by then because if he doesn't get a lot of that talent, it's, it's, it may be too late. You know, I'm going to give him a bit of a shout-out here because – Yesterday, again, I was on our um, Saturday Sports Countdown at Ellick City, and I was talking about the Big Cat weekend, which is actually today as we're recording. Right. Um, and at that moment, it was uh, not looking good. But as the day wore on yesterday, more and more guys who were highly rated started saying they're going to be there. And um, I think it's turned out to be a pretty doggone good list. And, you know, I think that he is aiming more for the 23 guys which is a big positive because I'm going to tell you something that the, the, this year and next year in the state of Alabama are ridiculous. I mean, we always have more talent than people think we do, right. but these two years are sick. And so, and he, because he's behind the eight ball this particular year, okay, this year may not be as good, but you're, you're right. 23 is when he better, he better make some hay. And so this is a good start for him. So I, I'm going to give him props for that because I thought it was going to be a catastrophe yesterday morning and now as it's Sunday morning, I'm like, that's that's a, that's not a bad list at all. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Auburn fans will get some good news coming out of the weekend. <laughs> we'll um we'll see. Luke, how can um how can folks uh, find all your content, brother? Just check us out at Locked On Bama. Um you can find us anywhere that we do podcasts, Spotify and Apple and you know, I don't know all the places you even get podcasts. I'm just there. I yeah. somehow Locked imagine. On puts us everywhere. Absolutely.
Yeah, they're good people because Jimmy and I don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're so lucky to be able to record these that we're sort of like, then we go like the NCAA, we're like, y'all handle it from here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but uh, Locked On's leadership is a lot better than the NCAA's leadership for (laughs) sure. David, Kylie, Ross, and the guys up there, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and and for the Bama folks that want to kind of hear uh, what else is going on in the state, Locked On Auburn, wherever you get your podcast, I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Luke, always appreciate chatting with you, buddy. I appreciate you. And Zach, I'm, I'm going to tell the Bama guys really quickly. Yeah. Zach is always like the top locked on college podcast. I mean, we get ranked, not like AP style, but based on listeners and all this other stuff. And, and locked on Auburn has, man, they, they've gone bananas. So uh, we're on a hot streak right now. It's been fun. I, I appreciate that. Shout out. Yeah, you you are, man. I, I keep going. I, I got to start hanging around Zach before. <laughs> Just let some of that stuff rub off on you. Well, I'd love to hang out with you, Luke. I would love to it. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you we'll so much, brother. We'll meet at Tiger Town. <laughs> yeah, we'll meet at Tiger Town one day.